0: Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the word. Today we'll be reading Matthew 16, 1 through 1835. 88 verses today. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered them, When it's evening, you say, It'll be fair weather. For the sky is red. And in the morning, it'll be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it, except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began to discuss it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you do not have bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. And then he will repay each person according to what he's done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until the Son of Man is coming in his kingdom. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you wish, I'll make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, "O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he'll be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, Why do you, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? from their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And When you open its mouth, you'll find a shackle. Take that and give it to them, for me and for yourself. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believed in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands and two feet and to be thrown into the fire of hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it's not the will of my Father who is in heaven that any one of these little ones should perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church." And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. So we talked earlier in the book of Matthew about how Jesus checks all the boxes, all the prophecies that need to be fulfilled for the Messiah. He comes from the right family line. Uh, he, He is representing Israel by being led off to Egypt and then coming out of Egypt, just prophecy after prophecy being fulfilled. Check, check, check. And then he starts his ministry. He's bringing the kingdom of heaven with him. He's healing the sick. He's healing the blind. He's rebuking and casting out demons. He's he has control over the waves and the weather. This is not an ordinary man. This is not an ordinary prophet. This is the Son of God and today we have it confirmed. The Pharisees and Sadducees are still questioning and doubting and asking for signs. And Jesus tells them, "What's uh, You've seen a, a hundred signs. So no, no more signs are going to be shown to you except the sign of Jonah. And just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, Jesus is going to be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And then, well, I guess for three days. And then he's going to rise again from the dead, just as Jonah was spat out on the land. And so Jesus then go, going across to the other side of the lake, his disciples are like, oh, no, we forgot bread. And Jesus warns them, beware of the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes. So he's, he's talking about like, don't let their spirit of skepticism, don't let their spirit of doubt, their cynicism get into you and let that go throughout your whole being, but they are, they are so earthly-minded that they think he's actually talking about bread. And then Jesus says, what is, I, I would hope, uh, we could all remember is Jesus was like, what did you not understand about me feeding all of those people with the, the tiny little bread and fish? Do you not think that I can make bread right now? Like we're not gonna die, we, we have food to eat. I can make food. But I'm talking about something different, the teaching of the Pharisees and the scribes. And then right after that, Jesus asks the most important question that he asks each one of us. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that the Son of Man is? So first he asks, who do do people say that I am? And and he's saying, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say that you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he says, well, well, who do you say that I am? Don't rest on what other people say about me. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter finally says, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answers him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood, earthly things, earthly reasoning, this hasn't, that isn't how this was revealed to you. My father who's in heaven has opened your eyes to see. So you are blessed, Simon Peter. You are blessed. You believe the truth. And then he says, I'll tell you the truth. You're Peter. You're the rock. And on this rock I'm going to build my church on this profession that I am the Christ and Peter you're going to have a very important role to play I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and then he goes into immediately from there predicting his death and resurrection and Peter's like no absolutely not and Jesus goes oh you're right back to thinking in an earthly way you're reasoning with your head not 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 with the spirit and he rebukes Peter. And then Jesus tells him, all right, if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna to have to take up your cross. It's not gonna be an easy road, but you can gain the whole, whole world and, and lose your soul. This is this is kingdom thinking. This is heavenly thinking. And then he he shows them a glimpse of his actual glory up on top of the mountain, where he, he transfigures in front of them, becomes dazzling white, meets with Moses and Elijah and the, the disciples who went up with him, the three, were terrified. And, uh, and and then Jesus reveals that John the Baptist was the Elijah to come, so another checkbox. Because they had said that Elijah was going to come as a forerunner to the Messiah. And we have the Elijah who was to come. He was dressed like Elijah, he spoke like Elijah. John the Baptist was that Elijah to come. And right afterwards came Jesus, baptized by him. Jesus then goes and he heals more people who are uh, afflicted with demons, and then he foretells his death and resurrection again. So he's, he's not holding back. We're getting towards the end of his ministry. He wants his disciples to get it. Now that, he, now that they understand that he is not just a man, he is not just a prophet. He is the Son of God, the Christ. And now he's letting them in a little bit more. I'm going to die, and I'm going to be raised again on the third day and they're they're confused and they're scared but they're still tempted to go back into earthly thinking where they the disciples are arguing about who would be the greatest. And Jesus says you got to become like a little child. You got to be completely dependent on me. Don't try to reason in your own strength, right? Don't try to to work in your own strength. Be completely dependent upon me. Become like a little child. You're going to be tempted to sin. But Everything that you can. Put your eyes on me. Keep following after me. And then he tells a couple more parables and talks about how earthly relationships should take place. Don't ignore conflict. Don't just hope that it goes away and sleep sweep it under the rug. In a spirit of love and, and restoration, approach your brother and, and, and have the discussion. And so that's a very important and challenging Uh, challenging word for us but he, he is saying this is how relationships work in the kingdom we don't just pretend that everything's okay we make sure that everything's okay and we lead into everything with a spirit of love and then he goes on and tells a really famous parable about the unforgiving servant if you have been forgiven an immense amount how can you not forgive somebody who owes you a smaller debt if your father has forgiven you every single one of your sins how can you hold grudge against somebody else now I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do people in in a broken failed sin-stained world are going to sin against us and it's going to be very real sin but Jesus for the sake of your soul and for the sake of your heart is telling you remember how much you've been forgiven and let that work in your hearts until you can extend that forgiveness to others and so, as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he wants for the world? What's it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Till then, God bless.